0: Let me say that the political cunk cring- 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 I would like the political biggity. This is the news made us do this podcast. It's myself, Lex, here with my boy Ace. You're me, not middle class. You're in not white. One podcast at a time, discussing all things, all things,
1: all things. Statistically, it looks like in London yeah. right now, yeah. this is predominantly a problem. Of young, black, teenage boys yeah, like Yo, 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 how you doing my bro?
0: All good bro, how are you?
1: Yes, all good, good thanks to God Good thanks to God, we started off well You know, all things considered Yeah huh.
0: That's yeah. good man, that's good Just want to apologise to our listeners We ain't been being released releasing a bit But yeah, we've just been busy in our personal life. So we're back though, we're back, we're back
1: indeed indeed and you know hopefully absence has made the heart go thunder and we will keep providing you with that the news made us do this quality content that's it it. and speaking of which in this time we've been gone there's quite a bit has happened (laughs) in the political realm and um even like just in terms of how the news have been covering it has been very very interesting and you know to kick things off, I'm sure everyone has noticed, noticed this, the the Omarium, yes, the B2K, COVID <laughs> straight. B2K variant, yeah, yeah, yeah. And not just that the name itself is quite, you know, interesting, but it's the way that Western media has chosen to portray it, seeing as they, the source of it, they believe, was from Botswana, a country it that resides in the continent of africa and through their identification of the source they aim to kind of exaggerate it tremendously first of all and then open up a you know i say presumptive line of inquiry and treatment of of countries on the african continent and it was it was it was bizarre but i'm glad that uh, the way it was um approached by by the um, by, the by the scientist which the, who, that discovered the strain. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Oh, Wow. Yeah. What, what did you like? What What were your kind of hot takes when you saw the way that it was being reported,
0: bro? But like, I feel I feel like if we go back to a couple of our episodes, we probably mentioned that this was going to happen. Like, this is exactly what's going to happen, where Africa will be used. Because again, I think you remember when uh, COVID first broke out or whatever and it first became a thing, especially when it became a thing in Europe. The first thing was, Oh, it's gonna kill all black people first and all African pe- people of African descent are gonna die first and all this kind of stuff in Africa and Bill Gates' um wife um or ex-wife came on saying oh like you know Af- Af- people people there's gonna be dead bodies on the streets of Africa and stuff like that. <laughs> Bro, oh, like really? respect respectfully, that wasn't the case. That At wasn't all. the case. Africa is the uh, if I think the best I, I, I can't say best performing like as a company or something but like <laughs> it had, h- has handled this pandemic very very well bruv. Mm-hmm. very well too. and sometimes to their own detriment in terms of like finances and, and, and stuff like that and trade and stuff but they're like listen people
1: first people over profits where other countries with profits over people and we've seen the effects and results of that it's, this disaster has been disastrous especially in a long term point of view
0: yeah but, and but, still up to, still up to today you know, the, the vaccine inequality in, in, in Africa is disgraceful. Like, you know, Europe and America and and other countries are hoarding vaccines and stuff. Again, wherever you feel about vaccines, it doesn't matter. Like, they're hoarding vaccines and not distributing them fairly to countries that can't afford them. Like, I'll be honest, I'll be, maybe I'm just naive, but this is a global pandemic, right? You're right. I, f- I, thought, I genuinely thought that once a vaccine was created it will just be distributed around the world for free. I don't know. Maybe I'm just mad naive, bro. I thought there were going to be some deal hashed with like these big corporations that look like if we don't give these to people, people are going to die. So we just need to, we just need to give them out to people for free. Like, but that's not the case. People have to literally, countries have to literally donate these vaccines to what they call poorer countries in order for them to get them. Otherwise, you know, people in Africa just won't have access to these vaccines.
1: It's mad. And what the madness is realistically comes down to a kind of like um, it's process based. The wow. fact that these vaccines aren't naturally necessarily being being manufactured on the continent, and then on top of that, like you mentioned, they're being they're being kind of they're being driven for profit, profit goals by these Western corporations that are just trying to profit at every single mark. Throughout this COVID situation, which we've definitely seen in just in, even in terms of travel, which has affected the everyday person, but on a national, on like a global scale, they've aimed to privatise it to the extent where, like you mentioned, it there is a massive inequality in distribution of the vaccine. And being as it is a global pandemic, and we are seeing that what happens in one one part of the world will inevitably infect, affect the rest of the world. the The approach of the approach of it is very, very, very. Um, I'd say it's very devilish <laughs> because, yeah. boy, like they're seeing a strain. They're seeing they've assumed that this strain that was discovered in South Africa. Because I like to I like to emphasise that the scientists actually discovered a strain that had already that had already come to mutation, and it wasn't that the mutation developed in Africa. It had actually come via being imported by a, a person who has harbored it um, in a European country, in, in yeah. actual fact. So by, by that kind of treatment straight away, red list, South African travel, boom. Not just the social impact of being ostracized and saying, yeah, you, obviously you can't deal with this situation well, but then just the economic impact of them saying, yeah, we're going to just block straight away, you know, this is something that's going to start spreading. We're going to start to block travel from these African countries during a time where a lot of, a lot of African diaspora and African nationals that are living out, of, um, African expats that are living out of the country would naturally be migrating back for the festive time. So yeah. it's very, very, very devilish and cunning of, of, of Western media in the way that they again, aim to portray and start their attack. Like you mentioned, it's been a big agenda. I'm, I'm not too sure if you remember, but there was there was an article saying, "Why isn't Africa getting COVID like the rest of the world is?" Yeah, yeah. Like how aggressive. Yeah. It was a strange time. These headlines, how aggressive and and like assumptive and presumptive as well to to make such a statement like that. Like it it was hardly objective, hardly objective, and 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 it's it's wild to see the remnants of that kind that tone and narrative still being taken who was it that you mentioned re- recently wrote another article that was also just as ridiculous the, the
0: the economist the economist wrote an article saying that um the numbers that the covid death rate in africa is isn't what african countries have basically stated that they are so i think right now i think that the death rate for the this is for the continent of Africa is sits around like two hundred and fifty thousand or something, and yeah. the economists are saying like no, this isn't true. It's probably more like like two million or something. Is that like, right? Like fuck, you know, like what? So like what? When 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 we're asking for the numbers of people that died in Grenfell, you look couldn't give us those numbers, but but a, a whole continent, you you're, you're confident to say that this these are the numbers of the of, of of deaths in a continent. Like it's ridiculous, and like this is the thing that frustrates me as well because. Of course, th- their their poor basis is going to be like, oh, a lot of people live in like rural countries and stuff. That you know, that's like a, a, a myth now in Africa. Yeah, like mm-hmm. some of the most populous cities in the world are in Africa. Africa. Facts, literally, most Africans live now in metropolitan cities because Africa is the youngest continent in the world. So these young people aren't living in jungles or bushes like the Western media would like to have you believe. These guys are young. Grinding, working, studying United, in some United. of the United. biggest cities in Africa. Facts, you know. So Facts. it doesn't make sense. Like the 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 the, the city of Lagos is the, the population of Lagos alone is larger than that of some European countries. Facts. So if someone's going to be dying of 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 COVID, it's, it's chances are they would be you know you would see them they'll be registered whatever whatever. But then they will have you believe that these people are just dying in in some remote places. So that's why yeah. they're not being registered. Yeah. And like, and the logic is, if 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 well if if everything is you know that we've been told is true that COVID is a, a, a contagious disease where what could be close proximity to people and all this kind of stuff, then those people that live in these quote unquote remote places,
1: would the surely
0: same. these are be some of the people that you know won't be affected by COVID in that kind of way because you know they they're amongst their their community in a way that doesn't have have them to be like. Exposed to the open world in that kind of way, should, no. Yeah,
1: exactly, exactly, exactly. Some of them, Iskovich, should have even hit those rural areas if they're saying exactly. that areas are as as rural as they are. Um, you know, trying to make it out to be in terms of as populate as densely populated in the rural areas as they make making out to be. Like they wouldn't, they wouldn't even hit those remote areas we're going to be speaking facts. And it is it, this Western hold of portraying? people of the African continent in a particular way is just so outdated and it's it, it is it's so it's, it's just is untasteful. It's fully untasteful. And, then, and at the end of the day, from the presence at COP26, I'm I'm sure that through the representation of leadership that spoke at, at COP26, he, these 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 actors that cover that cover politics, these actors that are the world leaders and these agents that do make these decisions have come to realise that Africa is not going to be quiet and, and take the slander at, 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 at the competency of, 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 of African countries and African peoples, at the end of the day. Like, it's not going to be something that's going to be just take a seat and, and then and then even if it is addressed, it's going to be addressed in an unsophisticated way. We've, we've got the, we, we have the tools, the resources, and the talent to express ourselves and to drive real change in Africa. And it's being presented more evidently on these global stages, such as COP26, as mentioned, as opposed to what is being portrayed by the global leaders of Britain, for example, who seem to not be getting this, these same kind of reports, even though, in, in mainstream media, even though it's is, is, is clear as day that the current British government is a shambles when we look at integrity, when we look at um, the management of government processes and when we look at mm-hmm. government, it, government's aim and achievement of increasing quality of life in Britain. We can see that, yeah, the, this what is happening in British politics is what you would expect to happen in African politics when we see the way that the that Western media portrays a but no, it's happening here in Britain, and it's hardly being portrayed by the media. Why don't they take that same vicious tongue and use it to speak on the truth of what's happening domestically?
0: Mm-hmm. It's true. No, it's very, it's very, it's very true. You know, um, in, 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 a, in a time where people are making massive sacrifices for this global effort to try and combat. Coronavirus and stuff, and you know, as well as, as apart from just general um, corruption from our current uh, part, political party in power, they're also then basically taking the piss when it comes to flouting their own rules that they've put in place.
1: Do you know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> it's like they've put rules in place and they're literally just laughing laughing and they've done this on a global level for for donkeys years and people just ignore and not see because why they're disengaged from it It doesn't affect them disconnected they don't they don't see the relevance of it happening in their lives but oh ho ho world be known what they will do to them they will do to you and what are we seeing here in britain right now we're seeing just that double standards double rules and (laughs) mate how much more needs to be done before Br- British public is truly
0: outraged? This is it no literally I think we're just we're, we are literally just waiting. we are literally waiting for for the outrage, and we've said it a, time and time and time again the apathy the levels of apathy in this country is shocking bro absolutely shocking like like but then it's you know what the levels the level of apathy in this country is not it's not. There's obviously a level of 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 personal responsibility by every single one of us, you and I included. But it is, it unfortunately, is led. There's like the, the the vanguard of this stuff is led by the media. So if the media is not outraged, then why why should everyone else be outraged? And as as, as crazy as that sounds, that's almost how it is.
1: Mm-hmm. And you know, it only sounds crazy because I believe that we've kind of been taught to undervalue the influence of the media and the, and the special position mainstream media has in informing the public and in setting the mood and the tone of the public and for the public. You know, that, that is, that, this, 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 the sheer scale of power that is wielded by, by publications like the BBC, The Sun, The Daily Mirror, The Daily Mail, you know the Telegraph, the Guardian. I can go on. Yeah, the influence they have it is astronomical. It's not small. It's not nothing. It's big. Even these gossip magazines, like OK magazines, these are the these publications set the tone of the and the and the narrative and the agenda of conversations for everyday people's lives. So if they're not outraged, if they're not covering, if they're not questioning, how do how can we expect the British public to even have have an an idea? of just how bad it is no you're
0: you're you're, you're spot on because like we said a lot of the a lot of the british public are just unaware and un, and disinterested um to do with a lot of things that's happening in our uh, the society particularly in our politics and i don't blame them because it's it's exhausting you know it's exhausting uh, and as, as well as you know going through covid fatigue and the, the regular updates and the regular numbers and death tolls that we're bombarded with every day. Then having to hear that your Prime Minister, who said to you lot that no, Christmas is cancelled because of rising COVID numbers, triggered a party, a literal Christmas party, hmm. a couple of days or weeks before before, after, after, after basically cancelling Christmas for a lot of people. And for a lot of people that was really hard, like really, really hard. Like, you know, some, a lot of old people could not spend Christmas with their families. And, and, you know, some people really respected the rules and took the rules seriously. And, then the, and those people that didn't, they, those people that didn't take the rules seriously and, you know, people waving their finger at them, like, oh, you're the reason why this is going on and stuff like that. Well, are you not waving your finger now at that Boris Johnson and his, and his
1: cronies? Exactly. You know, where is the critique? We have people, we have journalists that are on the street harassing members of the public, asking them, why aren't you wearing a mask? Why are you not wearing a oh. mask? Do, doing live Q&As without, while they're not wearing a mask either. Yeah. Harassing the public, making them feel guilty. Yet they have the leaders of, this, of the country breaking the rules in front of our faces and they're being unquestioned. And what it is, is that the fact that they're not being questioned by mainstream media is almost normalising an authoritarian or an an authoritative government, an authoritarian government that is unquestioned, that isn't democratic, that can and will just do what they want without having fear of being held accountable, you know? And And this is seen. This is seen. To go on, to add on to more of this, you know, again, it's more than sleaze is more than corruption out here right now it's 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 a robbery of democracy yeah that the Tories are doing to go into this to this heist yeah this political power heist that has currently taken place by Boris Johnson and his boys as well as his main girl pretty patel yeah how can jacob reason mug <laughs> mug under investigation currently for taking out a loan of six million pounds.
0: That's crazy, man.
1: Yeah, that was
0: That's crazy. Undeclared
1: using taxpayers' money, yeah, to, to refurbish one of his homes. And I say one of his homes because he has many homes, yeah, during a time where we have a homelessness crisis to, to redevelop six million pounds to, to redevelop that home, taking its stock price up. Whatever, to apply golden wallpaper to these it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it like the It doesn't even sound like, real, bro. Like this is unreal. This is what they say is happening in Africa. This is what they say African leaders are doing, but no, this is yeah. what British leaders are doing. Bro.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: yeah. Undeclared is outrageous. I mean, it is honestly, that is fantastically corrupt. And then to follow yeah. on from this, yeah, Matt Hancock. Who was our ex health secretary? Yeah. That thieving liar, because it's confirmed he's a liar now, he lied to everybody's face in the the House of Commons when questioned about providing a person that he knows with a VIP lane contract worth up to 40 million pounds for the coronavirus track and trace. He was asked, Is this something you've done? Did you give this to your friend, this contract? And his answer, their face lying. Can you guess what it was? It was a hell what was it? no. He lied. <laughs> he said no. Only to be found the next day to have actually given this contract to his, to his mate. And then on top of that, the way that he done it, almost seemed as though he knew what he was doing was wrong and they tried to cover it up. And they, this is by them initially providing the funds for... Uh, for a fronted company who would then subcontract all of the tasks and all, all of the, um, yeah, the whole, the whole contract off to a secondary con- company that was then in the name of his friend. So they used a middleman company. Bro. Who likely Who likely would have received some sort of co- commission as playing the buffer between Matt and his pal
0: these men really are like just finessing us, you know? Finesses. They're finesses. But like, they're, they're, they're like, those you, you see back in the day when the mandam were doing their thing and they said the uncle at the top. Yeah. them man are the uncles at the top, yeah, fam. Bro, they are the... them man are the uncles oldies. at the... them are the augers at the top. Bro, they're the Pastor Tobies of politics. Bro, they really are. <laughs> but again, bro, like, I, I, I think like, I don't know when they... This game edition, but whatever they've done, it's working exceptionally well because nobody wants to do anything
1: about it. And and it's you the, know, I, I believe it's the media. Obviously, we know that Boris Johnson has a background in working for is it the Guardian, That's true. Daily Mail, That's very true. and I believe that he uses that leverage of knowing that industry really well to keep them unquestioned in the public eye, which is why they seem to be getting away with this fantastically. Although we do have individuals like Peter Stefanich. You can find on Twitter that are constantly um, lobbying the uh, communications lobby to open up more free press and free media by scrutinising adequately Boris Johnson, and he's actually made a video that um, that shows uh, lots of Boris's lies, and I think it's got like over 40 million views now, you know. But you can, or, yeah. this is, or maybe just by using independent lines, it's not in the mainstream media, which is which is shocking that this guy yeah. Peter Stefanich, has to go out of his way. To pretty much fully ensure that this is getting the visibility that it deserves, and then you see little, um, you see other personalities such as Gary Neville, who are actually yeah. having to speak out on politics because mainstream media don't want to scrutinize again. That's crazy, and I'm so to say, crazy. But the last person that was actually that would even bring up pop strongly in the, um, the government um, critique was pretty much my man, the guy that was really upset with Megan Piers. <laughs> <laughs> it was the last one that would do these kind of real public public kind of like lines of inqu- passion filled inquisitions, you know yeah, and like it's just not there, which is why they're getting away with it yeah and it, yeah. and it's ridiculous that that these mainstream media articles aren't being held to account by like places like Ofcom, which I'm sure mm-hmm. should be checking them and issuing them with fines for not reporting news. That is actually has the most impact on the everyday lives of British nationals and British citizens.
0: Mm, mm. And you know what, bro? For me, it's never like the it's never the, the the broadsheets and the papers. It really for me is like the the televised media. Like yeah. I'll be honest. It's particularly the BBC, bro. BBC, wow. Like I feel like once once these these stories break, I want them to be talking about that shit twenty four seven. And people gonna I know people are gonna say, oh, but obviously you know, they have to discuss other news as well. Yeah, fair enough. But the way that they can drum in certain news news cases, yeah, like breaking news, this. Like a, a perfect example, I can't, I'm not going to lie, I can't remember my man's name properly, but the the brother that was the cricket player that um, just had the inquest in regards to all the racism he has been experiencing in the yeah. Yorkshire cricket team and stuff. I can't remember my name, so I'm not going to attempt to try and say it. But, um you know when it when it when it transpired that he tweeted something when he was like 18 or 16 i don't know when he was younger a lot younger than he is now and it was something something to do with anti-Semitism or something like that again i don't know what exactly he said but that's what that's what they alluded to mm-hmm. it was breaking news bro i was watching one thing and i just see breaking news i'm thinking right what what did my man do that it's i would thought it's like that's the madness they were chasing him down the street with cameras like Oh, are you going to? Like, like, do, 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 are you going to apologize for this or do, 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 whatever? Whatever. I am mean, like, bro, where's the breaking news for these man?
1: name. I want to see cameras
0: in Boris Johnson's face constantly. Like, yo, like, w- what's going on? Like, mm-hmm. what's get, Like, what's going on? And mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not getting that. Energy. And I think that's why a lot of people are just like tired of all because it's like I feel like there's a large section of our society that 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 um, rely heavily on. The news to inform them, of course, but also to for the news to also tell them how to feel about things.
1: Exactly. You
0: know what I'm trying to say, like, yeah. like no, you should be angry about this, and that's how you know social media and all that kind of stuff works nowadays. Like, you know, you should be angry about this. And am I saying, am I saying that the news should tell the British public to be more angry? Yeah, I guess I am saying that. Yeah, I guess it, I am it, saying
1: It should like when, when it when um exploitation and laws are being broken as well as this clear signs of corruption are being shown by your government. Yeah, you should be upset. You're being used, and manipulated, and being being trashed pretty much. Like and that's pretty much what you should be aware of because not everyone's gonna be as informed to know that they're being that they're being um that they're being pretty much exploited and manipulated. So the news is the it's the job of these news reporters, because this is news you know to to report that there's this high level corruption going on you know the last time the bbc done anything like that was really um when boris went to the cbi conference and he started speaking about peppa pig losing his track of thought and he Bro. apologized for the first time and then Bro. pretty much made an absolute fool of of britain yeah by going, by speaking about Peppa Pig randomly we're, we're, we're at a business conference, Yeah, you know, that where we're looking to, where, where, where business leadership is so important at this sensitive time after this pandemic and we're trying to, people are trying to get back on their feet. And then you've got the leader of the country using, pep, pep, using Pepper Pig to fill in his notes. Not even any other sort of tangent of any other report that he may have read in his spare time, because I, I doubt he actually does read anything relevant that's going to benefit a country that unless it benefits his pocket, you know. This is it. That was the last time, whereas they have not mentioned anything about the bills to privatise the NHS. They have not mm-hmm. mentioned anything about how the government budget restrictions that they've given to local councils have crippled these councils, have crippled essential services that have led uh-huh. to, led to, led to deaths, led uh-huh. to People, more people entering deprivation, letting more people sign up to food banks and relying more on charity. Like, I'm speaking about how British society is being carved out from the inside. Yeah, and then and the fundamental how the fundamental institutions and pillars which holds up British society and supports the working class are being dismantled left, right, and centre. It's pretty much yeah. illegal to protest now. Yeah, as we're seeing, yeah. spent fifty-eight, getting sentenced to fifty-eight days in prison. Yeah, where some people can live in their sex offence, get caught for it, and do no date time in prison. <laughs> Facts. Facts. It's very wild. Right now. It's a wild. It's time. very wild, man. It really fo- is the wild west. It really is the wild west. You know, and I'm I'm just glad to see that during this time we have a stark contrast of behaviour taking place in you know Caribbean in Caribbean um countries where yeah. we've seen very very progressive step take place you
0: know yeah no honestly man like yeah obviously I know you're talking about the Republic of Barbados. Indeed I am so nah that's definitely more positive news man so no shout out uh Barbados shout out Prime Minister Mia Motley and their newly elected uh, pr- president, Sandra Mason.
1: Sandra big Mason. Himself. Big, 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 yeah. big I Love that. Big till, no, big thing. So, like, yeah,
0: if you weren't aware, um, Barbados has officially removed Queen Elizabeth as their monarch um, and as their head of state because the fuck is <laughs> the fuck why is queen elizabeth the head of state of of barbados like you know like yeah anyway so they removed her and they've replaced her with their own elected duly elected president who a, a woman by the name of Sandra Mason um who's a bayesian obviously so nah it's it's progressive you know some people will say that oh it's it's more optics and it's more sentimental as opposed to like real progression in terms of like finances and all that kind of stuff and yeah you're right it is but it doesn't matter, these things do these things these things are important and these things are important in terms of if we're co- to step away, especially for these most Caribbean countries to step away from their colonial pasts, you know um, because yeah, in a hundred years time if, if if the young people of Barbados growing up were to Google president of Barbados or, or head of state of Barbados and some old white man or old white woman comes up, you know who lives in in, in, in a shiny palace, 10,000 miles away, like, what the fuck does that do for their self esteem, you know?
1: Is that... So,
0: yeah, no, nah, I'm, 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 I for one, I'm really pleased. Um, I hope to see more Caribbean countries follow suit. And I think there's some African countries that still aren't necessarily, repu- aren't considered republics yet. And I think the Queen is still the head of state. So, yeah, everyone needs to get the ball rolling on this one.
1: Facts, 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 facts. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's amazing news, you know. And um, yeah, to speak of um, more contributions from, from, you know, black diaspora um, p- persons, like, just wanna say a big rest in peace to Virgil. Yeah. Virgil Blower. Virgil, like, then. like, the impact that he, he has had on, on, like, black society in a global scale in terms of... Society in general, bro. Mm-hmm, society in general and the, just the global position in which, he, which he, he, he wielded, like truly inspiring, phenomenal work and is very, very transformative. And, and, you know, even like, I would even go as far to say like, yeah, just every single person has been touched by by, by Virgil. A hundred percent. And it was, it, was, it was very shocking... And yeah, it caught, caught definitely a majority of of people by surprise due to how, due to, again, credit to himself, credit to his family, credit to his, his loved ones and his, his close friends who have shown and demonstrated loyalty during a difficult time, you know. Yeah. No one yeah. had a clue. No one would have seen, No nothing could have prepared anybody for this apart from, yeah. you know, like anybody that was outside of his immediate family and personal ones. And that again just goes credit to how much respect and how much love that he, that he drew towards him, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, I I I, I want to echo that. And yeah, man. R.I.P. Virgil Abloh. Um, painful It's painful to see it to to, to see it go so soon um, at the tender age of only forty one as well. Like, and he was literally just getting started, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy to say because some people be like, oh, you know, he was ahead of. Louis Vuitton menswear and stuff, but he was literally just getting started. I could literally see, for me, for me, when I look at him, I'm thinking this guy is going to do something so incredible. Like he's going to create the first like African owned like fashion house, like proper big fashion house that like everyone globally. Are like will be flocking to buy and stuff like your Louis Vuittons your Gucci's etc you know just imagine the house of Ablo you know all on the streets of like New York Paris Milan Tokyo Accra Lagos uh, Pretoria like all these countries oh. and it's like this is the thing that the we were wearing this is, the, this is what high fashion is considered you know this, this is what's considered high fashion and um, yeah he's, a, he's an inspiration this man came from an architectural background he's an architect he said "No, nah, you know what I like clothes as well. I'm gonna design clothes, and he did that to the highest level. And you have to just really appreciate that, man.
1: You like, really just
0: shows like you can't don't limit yourself. Like whatever you want to do, do it.
1: Facts. And yeah, black, more ever, more you know, definite exemplary ambassador for Black Boy Joy, and just that, nice. like, and just even seen all of the big tributes as well that was done. You know, just again, legacy set in stone. For our our time, for sure, man. And yeah, I think he's made us do that. Definitely.